a very special edition of the Gridiron Show, and we'll explain exactly why that is in a very short while. But we've got plenty coming up this week, including a special guest co-host who's a two-time Super Bowl winner. Find out who that is in just a moment. Plus, it's backup quarterback week. We'll give all of our picks. We'll have a Thursday night football review, and NFL UK have had a cheeky little tease about next year's London games. We'll get onto that as well. This is the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours. Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours. Sports travel for sports fans, by sports fans. Now, we weren't expecting to uh, do the intro of the show in this fashion. As you'll hear, we do a proper intro to the show in a moment, but I needed to put something onto the front of the show because yesterday at NFL UK tweeted, Psst, we've got something really exciting to tell you next week. With a picture of a silhouetted quarterback in front of Buck Powell and the Wembley Arch with the date Wednesday 25th of November, indicating that the time is finally here. We're finally getting to find out who will be playing in London in 2016. We're expecting four in total, three at Wembley, one at Twickers. I've trawled various bits and found those. There are some heavily rumoured teams by news sources as well as social media speculation. The Jags are expected to play not only a home game but also potentially an away game in two consecutive weekends. Uh, we've also heard a lot about the Bengals, uh, Washington, the Packers, the Texans and the Colts are all teams who have been heavily linked with coming over here. Uh, Green Bay at Washington seems very likely. The Jags shot down the idea of Green Bay playing a road game. We know Green Bay can't play a home game in this country. And there are bound to be teams that we don't see here who end up playing, but it's just an idea of what we've heard so far, and we'll be bringing the announcement on at Gridiron next week. Our shows next week will do the regular Tuesday morning show, but of course it is Thanksgiving on Thursday. So we'll do a Friday morning show reviewing the Thursday games, but also looking at those fixtures and previewing all the weekend games. We want your feedback when we tweet them out, so get in touch with Gridiron Magazine on Facebook, at Gridiron on Twitter, and GridironPod at gmail.com. Give us your reactions, and I'm sure they'll make the show. In the meantime, let's get to that thing itself, the show! All right, welcome to the show. Uh, you might, it might sound like we're a bit of a weird environment, not in the usual studio today. That's because uh, me and Ollie have infiltrated the NFL UK headquarters. Finally made it in. <laughs> now we, uh, we came here, honestly, listeners, searching for details of which teams are playing in London next year. But I think we've been caught out because they've sent the biggest, baddest man possible in the building to come and shut us down. Uh, you'll know him as a two-time Super Bowl winning defensive end from the Giants and the Falcons as well. Uh, O.C., you and Nora, how are you Absolutely. today, sir? Very good, very good. How about yourselves? Yeah, very well, mate. Very well indeed. Look, last time uh, we chatted, we were on the pitch at Wembley, mm-hmm. and you were in a Falcons uniform, and getting uh, getting ready to play. <laughs> and and you've now stepped away from the game. How are you enjoying? I don't want to say retirement because you right. seem to be as busy as ever. Yeah, busy, but you know, I'm in an office environment now, so that's different. But I'm I'm really enjoying it. It's different, um, but yeah, it's I'm just happy I had something to do once I retired. How did you enjoy going back to New York this weekend? That was excellent. I had a really good time. I had fun with all my the people that were there before, all my former teammates, coaches. I saw everybody. It was cool. I mean, obviously you resigned there at the end of mm-hmm. your career and, and retired as a as a giant, and that's I love that part of the NFL. We spoke to Scott Vegeta, and he did it from the top of Machu Picchu, signed a contract with the Saints to mm-hmm. retire with them. It's such a cool thing that the NFL do. But uh, we watched you on the highlight show. First of all, excellent job on that. Really <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, you look like you were still really reeling and really hurting from that loss. I didn't like that one at all. I was going to come into the office and actually go on the highlight show and talk so much trash if we would have won that. <laughs> 
day. But uh, all right. But unfortunately, we didn't pull it off, and uh, it was it was tough. It was a tough one. I mean, you obviously got the better over that team in your career, and the mm-hmm. Giants have done over the years. But in general, what's it like playing in that New York market with the New York fans? Mm-hmm. It's people talk about it being really tough, but you like had a lot of fun when you. Were I back. did. I, well, we won a lot, you know. So um, if, if you're winning in New York, there's really no better place to be, and there's no better environment to be in if you're winning. But on the flip side of that, if, if you're if you're losing, you know things aren't so good over there because just as happy as they are, they get equally as tough on you when you're not doing so well so I think that's what people talk about when they talk about New York yeah awesome um, just to confirm I, I realise we haven't done any of the usual intro stuff for the show I'm just really excited about obviously being here but we'll have all the usual stuff coming up in the show today we'll be previewing all the weekend's games uh, talking through any big news items that are out there as well it's backup quarterback week in the my NFL favourite of all weeks uh, week 11 <laughs> Case Keenum Brock Osweiler Mark Sanchez Hasselback Gabbert all starting this weekend wow no one expected that before the start of the season did they um, and uh, yeah well, one thing we do want to ask you to do obviously if you don't mind is before we finish here Ollie is doing dreadfully in our uh, predictor game in our pick okay. league. He's seven games back. Wow, on, uh, seven on games back. I won, I won one week. Uh, well done, mate. So <laughs> yeah. um, we figure, would you mind picking his games this weekend? No problem. Perfect. We will uh, get into that in a little while then as well. So before we move away from the Giants, obviously they're on a bye week this week, along with Cleveland, New Orleans, Pittsburgh. Uh, what do you think of the Giants now, particularly on the defensive side of the ball? Because mm-hmm. they look like they're trying that. Ben don't break college style defense they're getting a lot of takeaways but they're just giving up too many yards and too many points giving up a lot of yards but you know over the past two weeks especially with the return of Jason I think they've kind of stepped up a little bit man I think they're playing better than they were playing early in the year they just didn't have the, the, the talent to run the, the scheme that Steve Spagnuolo is trying to run. But, you know, now that he's back, you see them picking up. And you know, they played pretty well against New England, honestly. Over, if if um, Collins, Landon Collins would have got that interception at the end of the game. Oh, killer. That would have ended yeah, the game. Absolutely you know? So I, I think they're playing pretty well right now. Uh, you mentioned Jason there. I love that you called him Jason. JPP, is, uh, we know him on the show. <laughs> but uh, obviously it's been a tough off season for him and he's yeah. back with the team now. Have you spoken to him much? Since mm-hmm. the in the off season mm-hmm. and then coming into it, what kind of mind frame is he in right now? I believe it. J- Jason is just he, he's in a in a good place. What had happened to him? You know, initially we were trying to contact him. I couldn't get a hold of him, but you know, initially he called me back, and then I talked to him. He he was in good spirits, and you would think somebody who went through something that traumatic would be down in the dumps, but he never really held his head down. He was always optimistic about everything, and. You know, he came back well, and he's playing well. I saw him last week when I, when I went to, to New York, sat down with him for a while, had a good conversation with him. He, he's in a good place mentally. For those, um, for those uninitiated, mm-hmm. and he's also he's wearing a, knit, a mitt, an oven mitt, yeah. it seems, well, like a snow mitt. <laughs> mm-hmm. But for those uninitiated, mm-hmm. how important are kind of digits yeah. to, to someone in his position? Yeah. I mean, do you need, do you, will that hamper, hamper him too much? or doesn't seem to really hamper him quite as much because I I specifically paid attention to him for the last two weeks I wanted to see how Mm. he did and he seems to be playing the the way he always did Mm. which is really amazing so you know I thought it would affect him more than it did but he's found a way to overcome that no man, I, I've loved watching him get back on the field. He's a player that we love watching, and mm-hmm. hopefully he can go on and be successful again. But when he gets that first sack, 
He I had one. Oh, he did this yeah, but they took it away. They took yeah. it away. See, it didn't count. It. Yeah. When he gets that first, like, and it counts. Because you can uh, see it on like the relief of that when mm. it happened. But when he gets that, that's going to be a great moment. And we like we hope he go. Like, does you mentioned the hands on a uh, on an edge rusher, and obviously you were part of that fearsome defense. Was straining yourself first mm-hmm. time round. JPP, Justin Tuck, mm-hmm. that second time round, and. I think it's been. It seems to have been a real focus in the league this year. O line's dreadful. <laughs> there's there's got to be five or six really high end front threes, front fours mm. that are playing in the league right now. Is there anyone in particular that you are watching that you are enjoying watching? I mean, we have the Chiefs over here. We love yeah. watching Justin Houston go. Mm-hmm. Like, what, who's it you're really enjoying at the moment? I, I like the Chiefs. They, they um, you know, those two edge rushes that they have play really well. Like you said. Um, who else? I like Miami when Cameron Wake was there, but mm-hmm. he got hurt. They were, they were playing really well. They had picked it up a little bit. Other than that... The Broncos, perhaps? Oh, 100% the Broncos. Yeah, yeah they're <laughs> playing well. But my, my boy DeMarcus is, has been injured the last um, couple of weeks or whatever. So, But when he gets back out there, him and Von Miller, they're, they're a tremendous tandem. So there's a bunch of teams and a bunch of guys who are really rushing the passer really well. How key is that tandem, having the... The kind of sense between the two of you. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we were going to get on to it. I'm jumping so far ahead mm-hmm. of what I wanted to ask. But uh, on the highlight show, you talked this week about uh, Seattle when they had the... when um, I think <coughs> after Mikey Upassi went down, and I'm yeah. intrigued to know, uh, they obviously saw that there was an opportunity there. Obviously, the injury itself is horrible to see, but suddenly they were giving up a lot of inside rush. Suddenly, uh, you know, uh, on the uh, inside gaps, there was suddenly a lot of space because... Mm-hmm. They're having to go to the outside. When you've got edge rushes as good as they've got in mm-hmm. Seattle, they're going to the outside. You get KJ Wright getting up the middle, and then they come in to cover him, and they go for that overload blitz, mm-hmm. and suddenly you've got a guy coming in uncovered from the far side. Mm-hmm. When you see something like that happen, do you as a team get together and go, right, this is it. Bring the house right. all the way from now on. And mm-hmm. how key is that kind of tandem and then knowing what the other's going to do? Yeah, that, I mean, that's important. Obviously, the NFL, you never really want to see somebody get hurt. But the minute somebody does get hurt, they tend to attack that weak link. You know, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's a it's a vicious game in that way. <laughs> but, uh, you know, also that the tandem you were talking about is very important because, you know, outside of, of J.J. Watt, I think they do a really good job of of scheming for one particular player, you know, but if you have two guys and it becomes more difficult, you can't just be like, okay, we're going to shut this one person down and then... You know the other guy is gonna start start getting off. So, you know, with JJ, you you have them trying to shut him down, but they <laughs> nobody can shut him down, even though he's the only guy. So I, I don't know how he's able to do that. But outside of that, you definitely need to have help. You have to have somebody else on the other side. He's a, he's a freak of nature. Genuinely, mm-hmm. I felt like this week with Jadavian Clowney out for that Bengals game, mm-hmm. it almost felt like they said, right, you need to go out and make the play. So mm-hmm. gave him freedom. You saw him lining up over the no. Right. You saw him lining up over the center. You mm-hmm. saw him lining up outside. Mm-hmm. You saw him. Like he seems to play every position on that line, and what he's doing as a three-four defensive end is insane. Best player in the NFL. Best player in the NFL. Awesome, right? Uh, we've got loads of questions from uh, from listeners and questions ourselves. We want to know what you're doing now with NFL mm-hmm. UK and stuff. But uh, it is the show. We do have to talk about the football going on at the moment. We could just sit and pick O.C.'s brain forever. And tonight is Thursday night football. When this comes out tomorrow morning, you'll know the results mm-hmm. of the Jacksonville Tennessee game. London's team, of mm-hmm. course, mm-hmm. with Jacksonville and. 
I feel like in recent seasons this has been a game it's always been on Thursday night football and people have looked on oh they've only put that on Thursday night because you know they have to have every team exactly, on yeah. and everything else but genuinely I'm so excited for this game tonight and that young Jacksonville team who have mm-hmm. been coming over to London and <clears throat> really doing their thing and I, I'm, I'm excited for what they're doing there certainly mm-hmm. they're a good team good young and up and coming team their coach Gus Bradley is a really good coach he's got them playing well they're just you know they're young they're just a little little step away from being a, uh, one of the top teams in the league I think they're almost there though occasional naivety but they got away with it last weekend and hopefully they get away with it again tonight I'm not sounding too biased <laughs> am I? <laughs> no, 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 but, but, you're absolutely right Will what we and what we've seen and what we like about the Jags we've seen uh, people getting really on board with uh, with Jacksonville uh, we saw it uh, when they won their first game mm-hmm. at Wembley this year uh, did, what do you, what do you think about um, the the UK um, fan base actually almost kind of buying into the Jaguars mm-hmm. now? Yeah, well, they're, they're the team that have shown the most interest in in coming out here and establishing a fan base out here. So um, you always want to go with someone who wants you. <laughs> you understand? And it's obvious <laughs> yeah, that Jacksonville yeah. that's, I mean, wants that, London. That's how I got to where yeah. there's no way I was going to get to anybody. <laughs> You're very lucky to get that. Yeah, I have pitched well above the level I thought I was. Uh, I think it helps as well, kind of underdogs as well. We Brits, we love an underdog. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they're underdogs, but now they're starting to come good. And with that really exciting receiving core and some of the defensive plays as well that they've Mm -hmm. been making as well this year, it's making them actually a kind of a... Apart from their uniforms tonight, a sexy team. Yeah, <laughs> right. Young team. Let's, let's talk about that over again. Then uh, this is my thoughts tomorrow morning at kind of five in the morning. All right, Thursday night football. Rashad Green returned a sixty-three yard punt, setting up a Blake Bortles five-yard touchdown pass to Julius Thomas with three and a half minutes remaining as the Jags beat the Titans nineteen thirteen on Thursday night. The Jags four and six now have won consecutive games for the first time in more than two years in game ground in the muddled AFC disgrace. The Titans two and eight lost for the eighth time in nine games and spoil interim coach Mike Malarkey's return to Jacksonville. Malarkey fired, of course, after just one season with the Jags back in two thousand and twelve. But Green, a rookie who missed the last seven games. While recovering from a torn ligament, his left thumb weaved his way down the near sideline before finally getting tackled. But uh, at the uh, at the five, Bortles hooked up with Thomas on the next play, putting Jacksonville 16-13 ahead. The Titans, led by uh, a resurgent Brian Arakpo uh, and the underrated Tennessee defense, controlled the game for three quarters, dominating at the line. They had four sacks on the day, meaning the Titans are now on pace for 50, which would be their most since the 2000 squad that lost to the Super Bowl champion Ravens in the AFC playoffs. A uh, shame we didn't see more of the Jags' big playmakers on the night, to be honest. They, they netted just nine points off six trips into Titan territory before Green's punt return, seemingly thrown by uh, Arakpo's third down sack on the five-yard line just before half-time when we thought they might move uh, ahead. The coaching staff went conservative in the second half. And at one point, running back, uh, they were back up running back, Dan Robinson had three straight inside runs from the seven-yard line. You know, it reminded us of that... Uh, performance in London and it was bizarre Bortles entered the game on pace for 34 touchdown passes you know they've invested a huge amount of money in Julius Thomas 46 million spent second round draft picks on Alan Robinson who admittedly leads the league in 20 plus yard catches and dual purpose running back TJ Yeldon second year receiver Alan Hearns has been the only player in the NFL with a touchdown catch in seven consecutive games but Gruss Bradley and Greg Olson need to trust these guys to do what they do in key situations we didn't see enough of that on the night and that's why it looked like the Titans were going to win for so long in terms of Mariota his opportunity to drive for a 
tying field goal was aborted when Jaguars cornerback Devon House forced and recovered tight end Phillips Supernaws fumble. What a name with three minutes left. And then he given another chance for a game winning touchdown drive a minute later. Moved the chains inside the 30 yard line only to be sacked by Andre Branch as time expired. Look, he didn't have the weapons on him that he could rely on Mariota, which was disappointing for him. Uh, but he also missed some bad throws. There was a throw to Doyle Green Beckham where he could have hit him in stride for what would have been a 30, 35 yard touchdown run, I believe. He would have been open. He threw it behind him, ended up being uncatchable. Uh, he looks, he, they need to invest in a downfield threat for 2016. They need to invest in more weapons for him. Titans have fallen to two and eight, but the Jags have a chance to move to a three-way tie atop of the AFC disgrace if the Texans and Colts fall to the Jets and Falcons, respectively. Jacksonville has a major scheduling advantage with its remaining games against the two and seven Chargers, the two and eight Titans, the four and five Colts, the six and three but faltering Falcons, the four and six Saints, and the four and five Texans. All very winnable. Right, let's get back to OC, get those picks in, and chat to him a bit more about his role with NFL UK. All right, that was Thursday Night Football Tennessee at Jacksonville. Uh, OC, we want to know about your role here at NFL UK. Certainly that was what people were interested to know about. They've seen you on the highlight show. They're loving you doing that. They've seen you on the international series. But, you know, you're a guy, you're a London-born, back here as an ambassador now. What's your kind of role involved on a day-to-day basis? Basically, I'm just here to grow the game as much as I can with, you know, whatever the NFL International needs me to do, whatever aspect they need me to do, whether that's tomorrow going to to a kid's workshop, a flag football thing, or or broadcasting, or whatever it is. Having to sit here and talk to these two mugs. Anything, <laughs> whatever it is that, that I can use to, to, to grow the game. That's really my role here. Uh, Tom asked on Twitter, what surprised you or pleased you most about the fans in the UK? Well, how much the game has grown here and how much intelligence they have about the game. You know, I think um, they really they really know what's going on. Um, I think there's, no, there's almost no better player to, to talk about this and mm-hmm. certainly uh, who a current player or recently current player because you played out here in the first game in right. 2007. You came back again with the Falcons mm-hmm. last year. So, And now you're doing it as a broadcaster. How have you seen that growth happen over those eight years? Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been immense. I think that the first time we came out here, um, nobody really knew what was going on. The fans were like, uh, I was, you know, it was it, like... It wasn't the prettiest game, <laughs> yeah, either, to be was, fair. It was crazy. But, you know, last time we came out here, there was like, you know, the fans had literally drawn lines in the sand. Like, there were literally Detroit Lions fans and there were Atlanta Falcons fans there in the stadium, as opposed to just a, a, a jumbling of all the different fans. So I think what you have now is people being more knowledgeable and people actually having allegiance to a certain team and they're coming out to support that team and they know what going on and they know when to cheer when not to cheer when to boo mm-hmm. all that stuff man it's, it's been tremendous I mean when you came out here for that game in was it uh, in 07 07 was the year that you went and you won your first of the mm-hmm. two rings and mm-hmm. uh, certainly uh, if you watch the America's game back the guys on that talk about how important that trip was but yeah. for you and for what that trip did for the team winning in ugly fashion mm-hmm. in Wembley but at that point you weren't necessarily favoured and then mm-hmm. you went on a run off the back of that how important was the game out here for you guys it was cool I, th- I think for us it was just a- another bonding experience it was an experience for us to come together be away from our families and it was just us out here for a while and you know we're in the hotel we did everything together we had a really good time with it so it was a it was a- another experience and-, and something that I think really helped us I'm really intrigued because there's this thing that we've seen in recent years guys who come out of the league and get into the media whether it's with us guys in the UK or ESPN NFL Network and it seems when players first come out of the league they're almost a little bit reticent to, to um, 
what's the best way of saying it? from criticising other players basically mm-hmm. you know you've been on the other side of that you've been there for, for the last 10 years 12 years however long it is that players have been in the league um, uh, is that something that you found actually you're looking you're breaking down the plays but mm-hmm. you don't want to be almost too critical of people because yeah. you know how tough mm-hmm. that is you know how, yeah. how easy it is to blow on one assignment and it can be the game yeah I, I definitely understand that and I've been aware of that but at the same time your, your responsibility now is to the viewer and you have to educate them. So what I find myself doing is not you can't you can't criticize the person, you understand, but you can criticize the play. Mm. You know, if they did the wrong thing, you can you're allowed to point out that it was the <laughs> wrong thing, you know. So um that, that's what I find myself doing. Don't really have launched personal attacks on players. I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. But, you know, if you see a guy make a mistake, there's nothing wrong with pointing out that he made a mistake, even though, you know, you might have made that same mistake yourself as a player. No doubt, no doubt. Right, we've got to uh, look forward to some of the weekend's games. We'd love to pick through a few of those with you. But before we do, should we get to do Twitter questions? Let's do some Twitter questions. Yeah, um, Adam Nichols asks, do you want to be a studio analyst full-time? Your passion for the game really shines through, and it's awesome. Um... I don't know. <laughs> That's tough. Do I do I want to be one full time? I just I want to stay involved in the game. I don't know if it's just being a studio analyst. I might want to you know be a working for the NFL in some capacity. Maybe be a GM or something like that. I don't know, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. I suppose what you're doing now, mm-hmm. um, as you as you highlighted earlier, it mm-hmm. kind of keeps your fingers in many in many pots, many exactly. pies and stuff. So. Yeah, I, I can see why. Yeah. <laughs> uh, doing a bit here, doing a bit there, and then um, sort of specialising later would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Niall Owens asks, who are your 2015 bluffers? Slash, we've just talked about slagging people off. I'm not looking for you to slag a player off, uh-huh. but who do you think uh, are the overachievers in the league? Uh, the, are the underachievers and overachievers this year? In As far as teams? Yeah, I, I think let's do teams, because I don't want to... Teams? An individual. I don't want to start slagging anyone off. That's Ollie's job. Uh, underachievers. <laughs> has to be. Has to be Denver. I mean, even though they're seven and two, I don't think they've played well. Um, the guys who are front runners, who are, who people th- who are playing, I, I just don't think are going to be really that good. I don't think Cincinnati is as good as everybody makes them out to be. Oh, I love the talent there. Yeah, yeah. yeah but then they couldn't just, get over the line against Houston. It was an ugly game. Yeah. It was a terrible, terrible game of football. I've blocked it out. <laughs> uh, the Saints. Mm-mm. I don't like the way they're playing. Uh, Carolina is playing well. They're nine and zero for for that for that team to be nine and zero with the talent that they have is is ridiculous. And that's a testament to coaching. Yeah, no mm-hmm. doubt. I mean, you had Ron Rivera on the show this week, didn't yeah, you? I mean, yeah. we we got into a bit of a bar. We'll say I won't say argument, mm-hmm. but we got into a bit of a bar conversation after the last international series game. Mm-hmm. Went to the Hippodrome afterwards, had a few jars, and we were talking about the most underrated mm-hmm. coach in the league. And Ron Rivera is somebody who consistently came up number one. He is the most. Nobody really talks about him the way they should, but. 12 and 4 like 2 years ago last year they won the they won the NFC side which was a bad division but they still won it was it. a disgrace that's yeah. what it was <laughs> well, we'll go so far as that but it was a bad it was a bad division and they won it and then um you know this year 9 and 0 again is is um that's that's tough yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Talking about uh, Denver, um, I was really intrigued as to what your boy Eli said this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was asked about uh, Peyton, the injury, him being benched, have you talked to him, all that sort of stuff. And he said, they're 7-2 and two and in a good spot. I'd take 7-2 and two and one four-inception game quite happily right now. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, the fact is Denver, the defense that is so good, they come up against Chicago this weekend, it's the early game on Sky, and... 
Yeah, they're, they're in danger of losing three straight for the first time in the last four seasons, mm-hmm. and they've not got Peyton this week. But that defense is so good mm-hmm. that it seems to make up for it. And you feel like, all right, just let him sit out the rest of the season, get a record that wins you that division, and, mm-hmm. and then bring him back as healthy as he can possibly be for the playoffs and go on a run. Mm-hmm. I think that would be awesome. <laughs> would he want to do that? You know, is the yeah. question. So, um, you know, you have to take all that into account. And with that much time off might not be a good thing for him. He, he needs to work through whatever it is that he's going through right now. Or they need to make the decision to shut him down completely and let Brock Osweiler go. And I, don't, I don't know what they're going to do with that situation, but he obviously can't keep playing the way he's been playing. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. 17 inceptions leads yeah. the NFL. That's crazy. Hey, man. It's, yeah, it's not not anything we've ever seen before. Um, we'll ask you a pick on that game in a minute, but um, just uh, quickly, last couple of questions uh, from uh, from the li- uh, listeners. Tim asked um, about uh, offensive line is something that is very difficult if you're a fan of the game to mm-hmm. read. A lot of people don't necessarily understand. I remember seeing Brian Billick go off on the... Um, uh, on the PFF rankings, he's saying, "Well, if you don't know what people's assignments are, if you don't mm-hmm. know who they're meant to be blocking, if you don't know how are you ever meant to know if a play is good or not." Mm-hmm. Um, but they asked who's the best O lineman you ever came up against. Mm-hmm. Who did you find that you couldn't get round the edge on them? You couldn't uh, just bull rush them, push them down. Is there somebody who really stands out in your career? Um, there were a couple. There, were, there was really nobody who I eventually didn't get around. But, Love that. <laughs> but there, there were some really, really good ones, man. Um, Trey Thomas was a really good guy. Mm. Orlando Pace was good. Ogden, Jonathan Ogden was really good. Walter Jones. Yeah, these they're Hall of Fame guys. Yeah, <laughs> I, no played against, I played against all those guys. So they were great players. What about quarterbacks? Is there anyone you particularly enjoyed getting to? Was it an NFC West rival, maybe? Nah, was it uh, All of them. They, NFC they East, all... sorry. I said the wrong division. That's yeah, terrible. So, I'm, I'm not going to let that out. Uh, <laughs> no. I'll, I'll take my chance. Yeah. No, uh, they, they, they're all the same, man. Anytime you get a chance to get to the quarterback, I think um, I think whoever it is, it's it's all the same. What about that divisional rivalry? The NFL the, in the East, it's, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, the Giants now five and five. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, with the, the Cowboys are probably too far off, but the Washington still have a chance. We still know that Philadelphia are a real Jekyll and Hyde team. Mm-hmm. It seems like a team can come out of the division nine and seven, eight and eight, and potentially win it. But yeah, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a nine and seven team that's going to win it. But you know, you really don't know who it's going to be right now. It could be the Giants. It could be Philly. It could be Washington. I mean, Tony Romo comes back. They might, the Cowboys might run off, what, seven, like, no, seven straight victories? Who I, knows? I got into a real argument with a couple of Cowboys fans on uh, Twitter about this this week because I'm like, they'd have to win seven in a row. No mm-hmm. one's ever done it before. Mm-hmm. And they've got to play the Panthers. They've got to play the Falcons. They've got to play, they've got to play good teams. They're yeah. not playing terrible teams. So yeah. if they did it, it would be historic. And you'd mm-hmm. almost fancy them for the Super Bowl if they went to the playoffs after that run. You're but. getting hysterical here. <laughs> <laughs> getting hysterical. I think when you've got someone like Odell Beckham junior mm-hmm. so those other teams don't have someone like that right. so that could be the thing that to puts the Giants or Over gives the, the Giants that, that little extra edge yeah we hope so that's what we hope but you NFC East is just so it's so tough to call yeah. you never can tell what's going to happen over there you know what I loved this week though with Odell Beckham and, and uh, something that, uh, in his locker room interview afterwards obviously they had the play at the end wasn't it a catch wasn't it a catch Malcolm Butler who had a hell of a game all day um, knocks the ball out and they start asking to Odell you know do they need to change the catch rule how frustrated are you with the officiating and he went I should have caught the ball mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if, if, mm. if I catch the ball it doesn't matter there's mm-hmm. no conversation about it do you think maybe officiating people point it a little too much well, I think people are getting carried away with the whole officiating thing now. It's always been like that. Um, 
he just he should have caught the ball like he said at the end of the day we've all seen too much about you know is this a catch isn't this a catch just hold on to the football and then you won't even have that discussion no doubt, no doubt. I know on the topic of the uh, NFC East, Anthony asks on Twitter, uh, who did you most enjoy playing against the NFC East? So not necessarily who you liked hitting mm-hmm. most, but which of those rivalries was the fiercest? Cause it's definitely oh, Philadelphia. Like- the Eagles is a really tough one because they're like literally an hour away from, mm-hmm. it's like an hour drive, not even flight. They're like right down the New Jersey Turnpike is where Philly was. So, you know, proximity of, of the two teams made things a lot a lot more interesting when we played against each other and their fans are just the worst man I was going to say fierce <laughs> yeah, fans yeah, on both sides the worst, I know, yeah. I, I'm totally on board with that I, 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 Philly fans are I've been in that stadium and uh, yeah they, if, they're just if, obnoxious people they, they man. booed Santa Ollie That's, mm. these are the kind of fans they are they booed Santa why would so. they do that why would they do that <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to ask you about a few of this weekend's games then uh, let's start off with I did, uh, your former team in Atlanta mm-hmm. uh, uh, coming off the same bye week the Colts are down a quarterback Falcons just just down on recent weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, both teams find themselves still in the favourable position for the postseason race. Uh, the Colts four and five proceed the bye with a twenty seven twenty home win over Denver. Uh, but Andrew Luck obviously out for two to six weeks. Matt Hasselbeck coming in for Atlanta. They. Uh, they're dropping games and they're not forcing offences to score too many points doing it. They lost to the 49ers, they lost to Tampa Bay. Uh, after a 5-0 start, they've dropped three of the last four whilst averaging just 17 points conceded. How difficult is it if you're on the defence and you see that you're holding a team to two scores, two scores and a field goal, particularly a team like San Francisco, a time like Tampa Bay, who, hey, I don't want to be horrible about these teams, but they're not as talent-rich as a team like the Falcons. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of the ball, it's not getting done. That's got to be pretty frustrating if you're on the sideline and that's happening yeah I mean it's frustrating but at the end of the day you're a team you know and you have to take the good with the bad if the, if the defense is holding a 17 points a, a, a team with the talent of, of the Atlanta Falcons especially offensively should be scoring more than 17 points I mean that's that's crazy but you know they'll figure it out they, they have a good quarterback a great receiver actually a couple of good receivers yeah, great running back they, they'll figure it out I um, uh, did you ever get caught dancing on the sideline like Drew Stanton this week no nah, nah, <laughs> not at all but that was fun though he was um, he was really excited I, I was happy to see that and it's awesome to see that level of passion from a yeah. team and, mm-hmm. and see you know that's a backup quarterback backup quarterback is one of those jobs particularly someone like Drew Stanton who's managed to be in the league a few years mm-hmm. and, and sit as a backup that whole time where it's almost the easiest job in the NFL you know you're holding long snaps and you're you're doing scout teams mm-hmm. and everything else but it just shows how much unity there is in Arizona and I'm loving that team at the moment um, I, I'm intrigued with what Atlanta are doing because I still feel like it's a rebuilding process but mm-hmm. so when you went there I mean you generally played in the 4-3 at the defensive end mm-hmm. you went to Atlanta there was the scheme change mm-hmm. halfway through your time there mm-hmm. how much would you love to have played with Dan Quinn mm-hmm. and that Seattle uh, style of defense back in the four mm. three and all the interesting blitz he does all the yeah. overloads all the it's, it's I, I love watching the way he schemes yeah. for offenses he's he's great man he's a really good coach and um he's got he's got the defense playing extremely well right now would I have liked to play for him I think so especially my last season there but you know no use crying over spilt milk man. <laughs> <laughs> it was when you made the decision it mm. was it was it an easy one to make did you know that you wanted yeah, to leave I knew I wanted to retire um. It, it was it was a pretty simple decision for me. I had done everything I wanted to do. The only thing was just, you know, sometimes pride and ego wants to keep you yeah. in the game and keep you playing. But uh, there was really nothing left for me to do. So you know, I, I retired. Oli, is there anything you see from this game, Indianapolis and Atlanta, that makes you think that Hasselbeck and the road team will get a win? No. 
you don't have to pander to Osi just because we're saying no I, I really don't I, I think um, although Hasselbeck's played well the, you know he's coming in he's, he's won the two games in a uh, we, when uh, Andrew Luck was out I just can't see I think the Falcons at home he didn't have to beat Desmond Trufant in either of those games well exactly despite having my favourite uh, defensive player Fonte Davis at the moment um, for the Colts I just I can't see the Colts coming out of this we're saying another scrappy loss so uh, do you think both mm. these teams still make the playoffs that's the big question mm, Atlanta for sure is going to make it I don't know about Indianapolis man who takes know. the AFC South then? Jax, come on, Jax. Come on, Jax. <laughs> I, I don't know about that either. But, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, that's a tough division right now. I mean, they're bad, but anybody could come out of there. I mean, Andrew Luck isn't isn't playing. He's not going to be playing for a couple of weeks. I mean, even though Hasselbeck is two and zero, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, about he's two and zero against bad AFC South yeah. teams, though. So, uh, who are you taking in this one on Ollie's behalf? That's the big question. Mm-hmm. Is there any uh, is there any way you can go away from Atlanta? Nah, I'm gonna go with the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I, I've yeah. got the same. Uh, Denver at Chicago, six pm on Sky. We mentioned it already. Uh, Manning out for out for uh, at least a couple of weeks with this I can't even pretend to say I can say the name something fasciitis something I, I can't manage it at all but Adam Gase is doing a phenomenal job mm-hmm. with Jay Cutler he was brilliant in Denver and a lot of people wanted to say well you can be brilliant when you've got Peyton Manning that's nice and easy but uh, you know former Bronco playing against his former team this week he's thrown just uh, 13 uh, TDs this year just five interceptions that's almost a reverse of where he was after so many yeah. games last year um, but that defence we mentioned it already Tlaib's back DeMarcus Ware might be back this week is this unit the best you remember of recent years or does it compare to the Seattle unit or yeah they, they compare favorably favorably to um, that Seattle team um, I'm going to go with Chicago in this game though oh interesting What's, uh, why, why Chicago just yeah, with Brock Osweiler like quarterback, I have to. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with Chicago. Man. Chicago I think they've been Chicago playing pretty at home. well at home. Um, yeah. uh, Jeremy Lanford's playing lights out at the moment as well. Mm-hmm. I just, I know it's up against that Denver defense, but I'd, I'd hate to pick. Ollie's a Green Bay fan. You've mm-hmm. just picked the Bears on his behalf. <laughs> I'm sure I would have gone Denver, but it's really fair enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to argue with Icy. <laughs> um, uh, Washington and Carolina. Kirk Cousins delivering the best game of his career last week, but. Guessing, uh, getting Rob Ryan sacked in the process. I feel like I play the best game of my career against a Rob Ryan defense right now. Uh, Carolina has held opposing quarterbacks to a league low 69.1 passer rating. And again, we mentioned that defense. Uh, on the defensive line, you played as a pass rusher, but there's two central guys there, K1 Short and Starlu Lele, who are mm-hmm. just playing phenomenal football and getting that pressure up the middle. And mm-hmm. when you're on the outside and you know there's a g- guys in the middle who are getting that much pressure, that's got to make your job easy yeah absolutely man that up the middle pressure is very underrated you don't see really too many guys who come up the middle with a lot of pressure like that so I mean if you have some of those guys then it makes things a lot easier for the outside rushes can they go 16 and 0 no they can't go 16 and 0 <laughs> but they're going to win this game though they're going to beat Washington nice that's what I would have gone for what do you think mm-hmm. about Cam um, he, he got a bit of criticism last week for over celebrating mm-hmm. I think that's silly but um, as a as a as a def- defensive guy or as a guy on 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 the team, mm-hmm. would you have minded if uh, Eli busted out a few moves and, and over celebrated, <laughs> or, or doesn't it really matter? Um, well, for me, I, I didn't like to see that. Um, I think there's a limit to to your exuberance, if if you if you can call it that. I, you're you're the quarterback of your team, you know, and you're a guy that 
everybody looks to and they, they hold it a higher standard. You know, I think a little celebration is okay, but in the end zone, you guys are up by I don't even know how many points and you just dancing away. Like, yeah. I mean, come on, man. Um, but he's young, so you expect that out of a out of a young guy like that. But I, I don't think I would I would have liked to see my quarterback conduct himself like that in in, in that type of situation. I, I think it's intriguing to me though, because it, you say about the quarterback, and I think that's specifically why mm-hmm. he's getting this this criticism. Mm-hmm. Because I think uh, I, I think to uh, to the Seattle game, which we've mentioned a couple of times already, but you saw on those strip sacks, mm-hmm. you know, and you saw on any time that they it didn't even need to be just a, a tackle in the backfield, didn't mm-hmm. necessarily need to be a sack. Any lost yardage and that's the Seattle defence they're on the sidelines they're screaming they're mm-hmm. getting the fans going and mm-hmm. people seem to love it when defensive players do it but mm-hmm. the moment it's a quarterback mm-hmm. people aren't too happy about it I yeah because he's the quarterback I mean he's, he's, it's a different standard he's held to period he's the only one who gets wins and losses attributed to him on the team nobody else does that besides the quarterback so I, unless you're JJ Watt yeah well no <laughs> man at the end of the day like, the quarterback won this many games or he lost this many games mm-hmm. man he's yeah, he's he's held to a completely different standard as he should be. It's the most difficult position to play in all the sports, um, mentally, um, not physically, but mentally. And it's just he's just different. That's that's the way things have always been. That's the way things will always be in the NFL. Last few games we want to cover, and uh, uh, you talk about the the best in the league, the most important position. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers would be the guy that most site for that over recent years but they've had their offensive struggles all season to be honest not just through this three game losing streak they weren't playing well before that mm-hmm. they were just winning games because he made ridiculous plays and they now go into Minnesota young defence look mm-hmm. very exciting uh, this weekend the late game again it's the Sky game I particularly wanted to ask you about Linville Joseph mm-hmm. uh, he played on that line with you in that mm-hmm. 2011 Super Bowl win uh, Super Bowl 46 people are talking about him this year like they've just discovered him like mm-hmm. he's a rookie or something mm-hmm. but he's playing incredibly in Minnesota is this just a case of people are just starting to notice him or has he made a step up in your eyes? Nah, he's he's always been a good player. He was a good player for us in New York. That's why Minnesota gave him that big contract. Yeah, yeah, no they, doubt. They, they're just not into throwing <laughs> away money. So they saw that. He, he was... Um, very strong, very disruptive in, in New York, and he's continued to, to do the same thing in Minnesota. How much does has facing someone like Adrian Peterson affect your play as an edge guy in, mm-hmm. in terms of setting the edge, in terms of trying to get to the quarterback, knowing that any time they hand off the ball, this guy could bust off a 60, 70-yard run? Yeah, he's he's tough, man. He's a special football player. And, um, you know, it's I don't think I've seen a runner like that with that kind of um, speed and explosion and power. And he runs so violently. Um, it's it's tough as a defense. You just have to maintain your lane discipline, stay on the edge if you have the edge, whatever gap you have, stay in there and, and hope to make the tackle. One of the guys that will be hoping to make those tackles is Clay Matthews. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw him move uh, from the line um, mm-hmm. and edge rushing back to outside linebacker for um, first and second downs for Green Bay. How difficult is it to make that transition? Yeah. And how difficult is it to then move back onto the line for the third downs? Yeah, it's, it's tough, but. But, you know, I think he's been doing a pretty good job of it. But that's a really tough transition, man. It's two completely different mindsets playing from from outside edge rush into inside linebacker. So, uh, if but if anybody can do it, I think it would be him, man. I think he's a fantastic player. I, I don't be that surprised if the all-pro lineup this year has Linval Joseph playing in front of Clay Matthews. Mm-hmm. I genuinely think that could be how we see the kind of centre of that all-pro defence look. Mm-hmm. Um, so, look, Green Bay, desperate for the win. Mm-hmm. In this league that I always kind of favour the team who are that desperate for a win but mm-hmm. do you think they can go into Minnesota late on Sunday and, mm-hmm. and get a victory against a good yeah, young team? Absolutely, it's, it's very possible man I, I would pick Green Bay in that game 
Good choice, Sosie. <laughs> Wonderful choice. <laughs> you're, you're allowed to pick the road team in this next game as well, but I wouldn't necessarily advise it. Um, I don't expect it to happen, but who'd have thought at the start of the season the 49ers lose eight defensive starters, mm-hmm. their head coach, uh, you know... <laughs> just it's, okay, man. It's, yeah, okay. it's, it's difficult to talk about, okay? Um, but if they win on Sunday, mm-hmm. by some fluke, I don't think it will happen, they tie Seattle mm-hmm. at four and six on a record. And the Seattle defence, we've mentioned a few times already, but they they lost 39 points to admittedly a good Cardinals offence. Mm-hmm. But that's more points than they lost through the last six regular season games of the whole of last season. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that They've they've had such a big drop off that the talent level's not apparently dropped off, but they've just not been closing out games, particularly in the fourth quarter. When you would have thought the way they were getting to Carson Palmer at the end of that game, they should have won that game. Yeah, well, you know, I think everybody underestimates the the importance of coaching, and I think that's very important. They've lost what two of their last you know great defensive coordinators. I think that's not just easy to replace. You know, I think it's not all about. You know, players. I think a lot of it is about players, but coaching is also very important. And uh, you lose a Dan Quinn or a Gus Bradley; these are you know really good defensive-minded head coaches. It's no surprise they're head coaches now. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think that's that's been the drop-off. There has been the coaching, but you know. In, in in this particular game, and I just don't see a way in which San Francisco. <laughs> I don't see. I don't on see the road, so. in the clean. I, no? I just don't see that I, happening. I think we're all taking yeah. Seattle in that one. To be fair, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, there's just two more games, and then we'll run through the last few ones very very quickly. Oh, but since Arizona Sunday night football. That is a hell of a game. Cincinnati obviously coming off. Cincinnati at Arizona? Uh, Cincinnati at Arizona. They're obviously coming off that uh, that loss in the week. Uh, just very quickly, what did you make of J.J. Watt after the game? Mm-hmm. Talking a bit of smack about Andy Dalton. Is that, <laughs> that, you know, I, I, it was probably a bit of fun. Andy I Dalton was overreacted. But definitely. I'm with you on that. I think uh, Dalton definitely overreacted. He was just he was just having fun. But they're talking a lot about storylines coming into this game. Carson Palmer back to his old team. Mm-hmm. They did the big trade, everything else. When you were playing on the do you, are you aware of the storylines or is that just media girth? That's just media girth. You don't think about that stuff when you're playing. <laughs> too much other stuff to worry about. Uh, no, I'm really aware you've got to go, but Buffalo and New England, uh, New England 9-0. and uh, That Bills defense is ridiculously good, but mm-hmm. they look very Jekyll and Hyde this year. They don't appear to be using Jerry Hughes, the Williams, Marcel Darius correctly. Uh, is there any way they can go into New England and with all those injuries New mm-hmm. England have got actually mm-hmm. get the upset? Yeah, I like Buffalo in this game. Ooh, I love that. I, I, I genuinely think so they've lost their two starting tackles mm. and you've got those players and you've got Rex getting them up for it yeah, I like Buffalo I love that pick right rolling through the last five or six games then we're all done uh, OC Chiefs at Chargers Chiefs surging since Sean Smith returned to that defence Chiefs nice uh, Dallas at Miami Romo back London boy Jay has been playing well for Miami it's in Miami Dallas oh he's taking the, all the road teams uh, Oakland at Detroit Four and five, Oakland. Two and seven. Your old mate Justin Tuck, but they have lost Alden Smith, uh, mm. suspended for a year for substance abuse in the last couple of days. I think Detroit. <laughs> I like. I, I like. Kidding me, man. <laughs> Pick all the other NFC North teams. Uh, St. Louis at Baltimore. Baltimore. They've lost seven games this year by a total of thirty-two points. That's tough. They lose every game by four points or less. It's ridiculous. Um, I love the St. Louis defense. That front four is insanely good. Todd Gurley as well. Is Case Keenum in Baltimore? Taking Baltimore. Yes, I'm loving this. Uh, Tampa Bay at Philadelphia. Two, four, and five teams. No one expected that. You can't take Philadelphia, surely. Tampa at Philadelphia. Yeah. 
take Philly. Nice. Oh, we're playing a rookie quarterback, I mean, Dirk Cutter said every time he watches Jameis Winston drive up the field, he feels physically sick. Really? Because, <laughs> because whilst he makes great plays, he also takes some real big risks. You must love playing a rookie quarterback when yeah, they're playing like that. They're, they're completely. The difference between a rookie quarterback and a veteran is so clear. And um, you, you love playing against rookies. Your eyes light up and you mm-hmm. think, come on, I'm having him. Love that. And finally, Jets at Houston. Jets, that again, a great front four. We talked about great, great front sevens at the start of this. Great front four. JJ Watt in Houston. Houston. Nice. Look, uh, it's been a real pleasure, uh, OC. I'm aware that you've given us like 40 minutes of your time, so we'll go a bit more depth on those games. But thank you so much for your time, no sir. And, uh, Thanks, man. Uh, but thank you for all you're doing for the UK as well. No Absolutely loving it. No problem, man. You're you guys a good have man. A good one. All right. Uh, we're aware OC gave us loads of time then so we couldn't really take the yeah, too much he was uh, like he wanted to get out of here like, <laughs> you only at the end you, yeah but he was amazing I, he was so nice what a soft handshake there's a lot of power in that handshake like he's holding it back he cradles you. yeah that's it because he's like you, you know he could destroy you. you you were a quarter of his size I am literally yeah. <laughs> I love watching him play he's a, he was a great player great on that line it was a kind of shame by the time I got to 2011 he was coming in just on pass rushing downs and he's a guy who could still be in the league look at him he's physically fit yeah. I'd love to have seen him on that Dan Quinn defence this year offering the Falcons some pass rush uh, let's just uh, I'd, have had him at, I'd have him at Green Bay we don't have a pass rusher Julius Peppers isn't playing great Clay Matthews is only on third down I'd have him there Beautiful. Uh, let's just go back over a couple of those games very quickly. Bengals at Arizona. Uh, obviously, Bengals a lot less time to dwell on that horrible ending to their unbeaten start. The Cardinals, Carson Palmer, trying to send the Bengals to another defeat whilst earning a fourth consecutive win. Bengals a season low, 256 yards, but I still love their weapons. Joe, I had two massive drops in that game. Uh, just two? No, no, three. He seems Sorry, to be dropping was, it all the time. It, it was actually three. I had three massive drops in that game. Uh, AJ Green obviously fumbled on the, the play to kill it. Um, uh, Dalton didn't have a good game. You know, I will sit and defend Dalton to the hill. I think he's been brilliant this year. I think these are the kind of games that Osi didn't fancy them to go on a run, but I love their central pressure. I love what Atkins is doing. I think teams have these sorts of games. You watch America's game, there's always that dip. If they come back and they beat Arizona this weekend, I'm going to be talking about Cincinnati as a Super Bowl team. But right now, I kind of fancy Arizona out of the NFC to go to Santa Clara and be representing the first week of February. They're playing that well at the moment. The big thing is, will they get home field advantage? And I think whoever gets the home field advantage between Carolina and Arizona, that will then ensure that they that team then goes through I couldn't see the Panthers going into Arizona and winning and I can't see the opposite in that NFC Championship game um, in this game yeah Cincinnati they have to play better than they did before but I think losses and we've seen it Green Bay Denver losses breed losses and I'm glad that OC picked Arizona because that's what I would have done. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to have two eight and two teams coming out of this. It's not a bad record to be on, but since he going on a bit of a slide, Buffalo at New England. Um, he he took Buffalo. I no no. You can slap your head as much as you want, but if there's ever a better chance for a team to go into that is true. and win, uh, you know, uh, it's going to be that Buffalo defense. They've got um, they've lost Julian Edelman. They've lost Dion Lewis. That's 35 percent of their yardage this season gone. That's in fact thirty five percent of their receiving yardage. Mm. That's not even that's not even taking out Dion Lewis's rushing yards. They've lost their two starting tackles. I think the injuries will catch up with Belichick and Brady. I think they're the best scheming coach and quarterback in the league. 
I'm taking New England because I'm not an idiot. <laughs> Are you calling OC an idiot no, now that he's not here? Not at all. You're an absolute uh, disgrace. <laughs> Look, I can see what he's doing there. I can see, but I'm not happy about it. He's screwing you. That's what yeah, he's doing. That's exactly <laughs> what he's doing. Because I don't think Rex will be able to out-scheme Belichick. I think Belichick's going to... He's got a number on Rex. He's got a number, and Rex doesn't know what to do. Rex freaks out. Beautiful. Um... Uh, we, we don't need to go back over any other games in too much depth. I think we just need to cover those games we did very quickly with him. Chiefs at Chargers, I didn't give my pick for these. I'll take the Chiefs for that game. That resurgence is phenomenal. Dallas and Miami, I mentioned this. Dallas fans on Twitter have been hilarious over the last few days. Um, really, give, convinced give that Tony, really convinced that Tony Romo is going to be coming back and putting them on a 7-0 and run and taking them to the playoffs. And Look, they've lost. They, they've been on an 0-7 run, so it's not inconceivable. I looked but, through who they had for the rest of the season, and I have them going 3-4 and four down the stretch. Oh, dear. I, I think, I mentioned it on Monday's show, but the rhetoric about the Cowboys being the best team in the league but just having horrible injury problems, they, should, they needed to win at least two of those games. Mm. They won none of them. That's not good enough. I would have gone Miami in this game. So he's he's slightly mugging me off again, OC, but I'm going to let it slide because it is almost a coin flip, this game. Miami completely fluked that win in Philadelphia. Oh, they're crap, aren't they? (laughs) I mean, Miami, Dan Dan Campbell... They're at three and two. Just don't get it. installs passion, he's great fun, but yeah, that was bizarre. Do you think... I'm going to take Dallas. You know what? I think it will be Romo coming back, fully fit, Des out there. I'm, I'm going to take them. But you're not happy about it. But I'm not happy about it. Do you think Cameron Wake being out uh, for the Dolphins has affected them f- more than we think that, that they have? I don't, I don't think it's affected them more than we think they have, because I think we know it's affected them horribly. Mm. That They've just been pants without him. Um, I, actually, I think Indomitian 2 had one of his best games last weekend against Philadelphia, even though they still got good rushing games out of Murray. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm going to take Dallas in this. I think it would be, if they go 2-8... and eight, though finally we'll stop hearing that they could come back because then they can only go eight and eight and so you're hoping for a, a miami win but your head is saying it's going to be a dallas yeah. uh, we've got oakland at, De- at detroit uh Derek carr coming in love Derek carr i mean Derek carr's been playing brilliantly he couldn't quite get michael crabtree in the game last week but with murray cooper latavius murray hopefully will be uh, fit again Going up against the Jim Bob Cooter um, offense, which going up, which will be up against the the Oakland porous Look, passing defense. If if off the back of that Green Bay win, if there's a better team, Detroit could be playing in terms of what their offense do. It's the Raiders because they've not really got a running game, but they still try and run the ball, which yeah. means they set up the run, which means they have to commit safety, which means they have to commit linebackers, um, and they definitely got talent there. I want to see loads of Amir Abdullah this week. I want to see him get twenty twenty five touches. You know, if he's not playing well. I'll get him out there working. Is that because that's your do. only option in um, fantasy? No, no, not at all. <laughs> like, I, this is your, the only league I've got Amir Abdullah in is a dynasty league, and this week I pull. I'm, I'm four and six in that league and doing terribly. So I pulled off a mega trade to get Le'Veon Bell for next season. I'm Whoa. tanking. I'm, I'm tanking. I'm going to take a high pick and I'm going to take Le'Veon Bell into next year. So forget that uh, it's not about Amir Abdullah but uh, I mean not about fantasy I mean but I'd love to see them really work him I'd love to see um, and, but I think Calvin Johnson Golden Tate Eric Ebron Oakland terrible against tight ends we all know that um, 
Charles Woodson's playing better than his age, but I don't think that means he's playing amazingly. And so I think that... Uh, well, and also we've seen that one player on defence playing really well does not necessarily guarantee that you're going to... The whole team, the like, I mean, like JJ Watt. We've had a ridiculous year for secondaries. The guys I was listening off on Monday night, the guys who have had years playing above their standards, so taking out your, your Richard Sherman, who actually I think got beaten badly against the Cardinals, but taking out those sorts of guys and, and your Revis Islands and all that sort of thing, the step up in play from Josh Norman, obviously, we had on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rashad Matthews, the safety from Miami. Ronald Darby in uh, Buffalo, who everyone thought was going to be the second guy. And maybe that's because they're not throwing uh, in the direction of, uh, of the other chap there, whose name has just completely gone from my head, which is ridiculous, because he's one of the best corners in the league. <laughs> um, uh, and I will remember it in a second. So I don't know keep it. rambling until I... Well, I was going to say that um, uh, if I'm going to look... This secondary, not good. If I'm going to look at, again, be a bit of a homer, I think Ha Ha Clinton Dix and... Yeah, I think he's, he's really stepped yeah. up. He, yeah. he he works in the run, rush defense. Uh, that interception of um, Matt Stafford yesterday, uh, yesterday last week was outstanding. So again, he he has also stepped up. Brilliant. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm taking. I'm going to take Oakland though. <laughs> After I've said all that about Detroit, I'm I would have Oakland. taken Oakland. Um, uh, OC picked Detroit. St. Louis at Baltimore. I'm t- I've taken Baltimore in this as well. Yeah, I would have taken Baltimore. I, I think that I, I know St. Louis are a good team, and I know they love the running game, and I know Baltimore can't stop the run at the moment, but I, I just think that they've been so tight in losses, they can't keep being this bad, basically. I know that's a really bad thing. I talked about desperation when it came to the Packers game. I just think they can't keep being this bad. Tampa Bay at Philadelphia, uh, Philly defence is making up for their offence and special teams. That's one of these games where we're going to be having the backup in. The Sanchez is in. expect Jordan Matthews to suddenly go off out of nowhere like he did last year when Sanchez was in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've taken Philly just because they're at home, basically, but Tampa Bay have impressed me this year. Dirk Ter- Cutter's comments on James Winston were hilarious, but Winston's been good. He's yeah. been really good. Yeah, in I mean, fact, I think him and Mariota are going to buck this recent trend of the one and two, uh, getting one really good player, one really bad player. Are oh, you right? Sorry, we're just finishing off, so it's about five minutes, and then we'll. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, so are you just poking your head round? I just want to make sure. <laughs> no, she was going somewhere else. Oh, that's fine. All right. Um, just making sure. Yeah, Tampa Bay. Uh, I think they might have uh, Vincent Jackson and Austin Safarian Jenkins back this week. Austin Safarian Jenkins has been an underrated miss for them because he was coming in as a rookie last year. People rated him very highly, but he didn't show it. Through a game and a half this year, he was brilliant. And Mm. Jameis Winston's go-to guy. And considering that that included that terrible loss to the Titans in week one, Safarian Jenkins played up to a level that we didn't expect necessarily. He's been a big miss. Vincent Jackson is a big miss. Mike Evans... It has to get in the end zone eventually. He had so many touchdowns last year. Offering more weapons. It's just one this the Philly, year. Isn't the it? Philly secondary. Brown has been dreadful. Um, yeah, I, you know, Tampa Bay have a chance here, but I'm taking the home team. The I would have, game. I, uh, if this one would have been a coin flip for me. Um, obviously, picked Philadelphia. I probably would have done so the same. I'm taking the Jets going into Houston, unlike OC. I, I, Houston at home, maybe coming off that win over the Bengals, maybe that's a difference maker, but that Jets front four is awesome. Yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't not like that front four. I mean, TJ, you've got T- Grimes T- and T- uh, Revis. The one thing I will say for Tex, uh, Texans is um, we've seen great play out of Decker recently, particularly when Marshall's been in the lineup. Uh, that one-two punch has been really impressive. The Jets desperately need a good tight end in there as well, but the corner play 
from Houston, from two guys who, in Jonathan Joseph, has never been a player who stepped up yeah. to the level for me, and in a rookie on the other side, in Kevin ja- Kelvin James, Kelvin James, James, Kelvin, Kevin James, whatever his name Some is. Some Ke- Kevin James? Yeah. Something James. <laughs> Maybe it's not even James. Whatever the guy it, on the other uh, side is. Something was, James. The first round guy who they took this year. Oh, no, that's, um, uh, that's Kevin Johnson. Kevin uh, Johnson. Out of Wake it. Forest. Why did I- why did I have James? No, because you know Kevin James is the fat comedian who's in the Adam Sandler movies. No, but there was a something James who got seven tackles last week. That, they were part of the reason that AJ Green got shot out of the game and they looked so good and he had a bad day. But uh, yeah, I'm taking the Jets on the road. I think they're desperate. For, they need this win so badly that they have to go there and win because they've lost in the AFC playoff race now they're going to need to establish themselves above the other teams Pittsburgh on a bye this week they're at 6-4 and four already I think they need to be on the same record as Pittsburgh in a game ahead of everyone else because everyone else has got the tiebreaker over them they keep losing to the teams they can't mm. lose to whether it's the Raiders whether it's the Steelers they, they keep losing to those teams and they're the teams they need to be beating because it's going to come down to head-to-head record yeah. because it's going to be so tight in, in both players what's amazing is I was looking at the playoff race this week and um, in both sides of it the team uh, the team at the very bottom of the league whether it's the Browns on the AFC and it must be in the NFC side uh, who would it be in the NFC it's another team with a 2-8 and eight record or a 2-7 or oh, and seven is um, um, a 2-7 and seven is Dallas uh, yeah, well, it might, actually it might be Dallas right down at the bottom um, though both of those teams have a chance of making the playoffs still it's week 11, and all 32 teams have a chance of making the playoffs that's still. amazing isn't it uh, I mean it's not going to happen but it's mathematically possible, and I like maths. No, you don't. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to say, we didn't really do too much of a scene set, but we're sat in an, in an office here uh, with a, a load of New Era hats uh, to our right. There's a, there's a mannequin with um, Jamal Charles's jersey and uh, Kansas City Chiefs helmet. And then behind o- where O.C. was sat, there's... Um, there's a TV, and whilst he was <laughs> whilst he was talking, you probably didn't notice this because you were too busy doing the interview. My job, m- yeah. most of the interview. I was behind him. There was the uh, New England Giants game going on, like a replay <laughs> of it. I just found it really funny. Oh, bless him, poor bloke. Yeah, uh, yeah it, this has been really good fun uh, sitting down with Osi and do the show. Uh, we tried to burn through the whole thing with him in the half an hour we had. <laughs> We ended up going for 40 minutes. Uh, but, yeah, really good fun. And, uh, He's next, a busy man. I think on Monday, Paolo Bandini's going to be coming in studio, hopefully. Oh, sweet Paolo. Ahead of Thanksgiving next Thursday. Uh, for Thanksgiving next Thursday, we are going to be in the Hippodrome. Uh, I've, I've got us a booth, Ollie. Oh, really? Hot stuff. I mean, they've said they'll hold it for us until, like, 5, so before the game start. But they're going to try and hold it. And we, when we do the game start? People down. Game start at 5.30. Oh, we'll, we'll do all that in the preview on Monday. We'll do a big preview of the Thursday night games as we rattle through the weekend games. Uh, uh, so Thanksgiving will be at the Hippodrome. The, the Packers guys will be there. And actually, Packers-Bears, a game that three weeks ago I was slating, is suddenly pretty tasty. We could have a 5-5 five and five team going against a 6-4 and four team. We could have the Bears beating the Packers to move above them on head-to-head record in the NFC North. You make me sick. <laughs> uh, as usual but guys keep getting in touch with us at Gridiron on Twitter gridiron-magazine.com get on there and make your picks for the weekend in the predictor game uh, hope you've enjoyed this give us the feedback and everything else it's been a bit of a different thing it's been something a bit new a bit of a change But I think people like a bit of a change yeah it's good yeah, it's good fun mixing it up um, and we've got some more fantastic interviews lined up over the next few weeks as well so thank you so much for listening uh, keep getting in touch with us sportstraveltours.com of course for all the sports tra- travel tours information oh and that's the other thing 
the response to the tour has been unbelievable. unbelievable. We've probably had 50, 60, 70 people get in touch with us. This rate, we could do two tours. Uh, don't be silly. My wife would never let that happen. Um, At this rate, you could be going on a tour just with me. <laughs> uh, they might be doing that anyway. Uh, Whoa. The, uh, no, I'm kidding, of course. Uh, no, the, uh, if you want more information about the tour that we're doing next year, we sent out some pricing information. So that obviously we can't tell you the games because the schedule's not out till late April, early May. Once the schedule's out, we will put something together and have it with you within days mm. of the schedule release. But get saving. Uh, we will pair people together to make sure your cost is cheaper. We'll do everything we can do to get as many of you as possible coming out with us because it's going to be brilliant. Four NFL games, maybe five. We, they tried to do Monday Night Football of this last tour, but a flight from New York to Cincy was about $700. What? Mental. I don't know why it was that expensive, but he said the cheapest flights he could find that would get them there in time for the game to tailgate and everything else was $700. So... He offered people, the, they said, if you want it, we can do it, but it's going to cost you a lot of money. You could probably drive it. If you didn't get drunk Why on didn't the get Sunday the train? night... <laughs> I bet there's a train. Maybe there's a train. I'd love a train. Oh, oh, we're not doing a train on the tour, by the way. Why not? Uh, so, do you not like trains? <laughs> I like a train. Train travels great across the States. Uh, we did do a train. We did a train from Santa Clara up to the Raiders Stadium. It's about 45 minutes. We talked about this on the last pod, didn't we, actually? No, I'm not going to keep talking about trains. Get off the train topic. You're a train. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll do four, maybe five NFL games, two college games, a high school game, all the tailgating. You could meet, uh, they'll be meeting former players. There'll be fun tailgates. There's pitch side stuff. There might be other stuff taken. like NHL or NBA will be going on at that time of year, probably. So we might try and squeeze another game in. Ooh, we got tickets for Golden State Warriors against OKC as well. Did you get them? Here we go. Uh, yeah, I'll okay. say yes. It's, it's a, maybe at the moment. But <laughs> okay, great. Uh, we got tickets for OKC against Golden State Warriors. Is the day before the Super Bowl that's going to be amazing uh, but yeah sorry I'm rambling get in touch with us at Gridiron on Twitter gridiron thank you so much for listening this has been The Gridiron Show